Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. Learn market knowledge and best practices to lead your company's success. And laugh, yes, let's have some fun along the way. Hi, I'm Michael Ball. I'm your host to the world of commercial real estate. Look, we're all affected by commercial real estate and some more than others. Are you involved in your company's lease renewals or in your company's new location decisions? Are you among the millions of people in the commercial real estate industry or in businesses closely related to real estate? Or maybe you're just one of the successful, educated listeners who enjoy an inside look into this multi-billion dollar industry. Well, this show will be a home run for a lot of people. If you're involved in your company's lease renewals or involved in securing new space, you will certainly appreciate this show. If you work with companies that use space as a broker, lawyer, accountant, engineer, or construction, you will like this show as well. Well, actually, I think everyone will like this show. Well, that's what my mother told me anyway. (laughs) I hope she was right. Well, let's start this with an update uh, from uh, Victor Kalinog in New York. Victor is a Ph.D. in Applied Economics and Management Sciences, an MBA in Finance, and an MA in Business and Public Policy. Victor is Director of Research with Reese. Reese is a trusted provider of commercial real estate performance and analysis. Victor, good morning to you. Michael, good morning, and thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for being with us. Victor, please help us get a handle on this market. Uh, what are you guys seeing at Reese regarding office and retail and industrial occupancy levels around the country? Let me phrase the answer in terms of vacancy levels to address the occupancy issue. We are seeing numbers we haven't seen for about 20 years or so, some record highs. For office vacancies in the third quarter, we're at 17.6% across the country. Uh, That's a number we haven't seen since 1992, so we're at an 18-year high for that. For retail neighborhood and community centers, uh, we're at a 10.9% vacancy. That's something we haven't seen since 91, so that's a 19-year high. And for industrial properties, we're actually at 11.6%, which is actually the highest level we've seen since we've been tracking this property type since Reese has been in business since 1980. So these are some pretty daunting numbers, but if you want to focus on some of the good news, 2010 was certainly less negative than 2009. (laughs) (laughs) 2009 was really pretty devastating for commercial real estate for reasons we probably already know. Yeah, that's true. Well, what have you seen with absorption? It has, uh, you know, are we leasing a lot more space uh, in this quarter, or what's what's the recent news? Interestingly enough, for retail properties, we showed the first positive absorption of space in about eight or ten quarters. Retail entered this recession sooner than others, and maybe we should have paid closer attention because space occupied space began deteriorating for retail sooner than the NBER said we were in the middle of the recession. So. Uh, we probably should have known that we were headed for trouble when a traditionally stable property type like neighborhood and community shopping centers was losing tenants. Uh, for office properties, uh, we disabsorbed uh, about 85 million square feet for the entire nation uh, in 2009, uh, but we're starting to see a lot more leasing activity happening, especially in the gateway cities like New York. Now, New York has a lot to make up for, unfortunately. We lost about 20.3 million square feet of occupied space through the downturn. That's equivalent to the entire office inventory of San Bernardino. So. However, we have gained about 1.8 million square feet of space through 2010. It's a bit of a slow climb back up for industrial, just because a lot of gateway cities are getting active again when it comes to promoting industrial properties tied to exports, and the export market has really recovered. Uh, we're climbing back up out of the hole as well, and somewhat on a slower basis. Well, that's good. I think our listeners would like to hear that uh, we're at the uh, bottom, hopefully. Well, what are your expectations for uh, 2011 and maybe 2012? Moving forward, I'd really like to focus on the glass being half full. Effective rents may actually turn positive for the office sector as soon as 2011. That's eight quarters of decline followed by a tepid positive. I mean, that's far better than the 16 quarters of decline that we encountered in the last recession, just because the supply situation is really ideal for the office sector. The industrial sector is poised to benefit from a lot of macro changes. One would be the opening of the Panama Canal. That's a little bit far off, 2013, 2000. 
2014. But guess what? That's just three years from now uh, once we turn the calendar next year. For retail properties, it will be a slower slag, uh, slower climb uh, back up to the top just because uh, this is one of the sectors that's somewhat overbuilt, unlike office. So the supply situation isn't helping retail. Michael, I'd love to be wrong about these projections. <laughs> I'd love to be speaking with you 12 months from now saying, wow, I was wrong. Jobs grew much faster than we expected and vacancies are plummeting. But I haven't had to change my forecast for seven quarters. And uh, I, I don't see any reason why we should revise it materially if jobs are growing at such an anemic level. Well, I think the uh, tenants are probably happy about their space requirements. Uh, if Someone's always happy about <laughs> something, right? That's right. Yep. Well, good. Well, maybe we can check back with you in a year and uh, see where we are at that point. Thanks so much, Michael. Victor, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right. Well, for 25 years, Reese has been a trusted provider of impartial commercial real estate performance information and analysis at, at the city, submarket, and property level. If you'd like more information from Reese, you can contact, access their website and their contact information at the radio show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. All right, let's meet our panel for today's show. Uh, first, welcome Brian Smith. Uh, Brian is a seasoned, seasoned lawyer, very seasoned, in the real estate practice group of Arnold Golden Gregory. His practice focuses on commercial real estate with a focus on commercial leasing and representation and negotiation of retail office and industrial leases. Brian, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Michael. It's good to be here. Thanks. I've always been told that uh, I have a great face for radio, so I'm glad to put it to good use. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Rick Ferguson is here with us today. Rick is a veteran office tenant rep. Rick is a vice president with corporate office services at Bull Realty. Rick represents companies with lease renewals and security Securing new office space and the Atlanta market. Higgs helped thousands of companies with their space requirements. Rick, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. I enjoy being here and uh, especially like uh, the ability to talk about this uh, current cycle and some of the challenges and opportunities. Great. Excellent. All right. Well, Todd Cohen is in the studio with us as well. Todd is a principal with CKW and Associates. CKW and Associates specializes in the management of high-quality design and construction from concept through completion, enabling the client to focus on their core business, saving them time and money. Todd provides comprehensive construction project consulting to landlords, owners, and tenants, and today he will focus on more of the tenant strategies. Todd, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Enjoy. Uh I'm looking forward to enjoying the show. Yeah, uh, we'll have some fun. I'm Michael Bull. I'm your show host. I've been in the brokerage business for 30 years. I'm the managing broker of Bull Realty's Atlanta office. During that time, I've been involved in thousands of leases. I've seen what companies have done right, and occasionally I've seen what they've done wrong. Well, our business is about helping you make the right moves today. Bull Realty has four distinct separate corporate services division, office, medical, retail, and industrial properties. Okay, let's get to the information you're looking for today, top strategies for commercial tenants. Gentlemen, let's get to the heart of the matter, uh, helping companies make the right moves, and let's start with some top commercial strategies. Uh, number one, level the playing field. Uh, how important it is for tenants to engage uh, the right professionals uh, to help them there? Rick? What do you uh, I think it's very critical. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's proven to be critical. If you think about um, – the, the other side. If you think about the owners and the landlords, uh, they have uh, they've been doing this. They do this every day, day in and day out. They have uh, hundreds of thousands of square foot of office space to lease, and uh, a tenant probably only does this uh, once every three or five years. So he needs to level the playing field. He needs to have a great team behind him. He needs to have a great tenant rep and a great commercial real estate attorney. Well, let's talk about uh, the, the lawyer in, involved. And in, uh, Todd, is it important for from to have a certain kind of uh, I mean, Brian, is it important for them to have a certain kind of lawyer? I think absolutely. I mean, I, I might be a little bit biased, but, you know, leases are living, breathing documents. Uh, and by that, I mean, when you sign a lease, it's something you're going to live with for five, ten years. You know, hiring a lawyer is a bit like taking out an insurance policy to make sure that your lease says exactly what you think uh, that it does say. Um, it, it's important to have someone advocating on your behalf, but not just anyone. It should be someone who is involved in commercial real estate uh on, on a full-time basis, I would recommend, and uh, you can even get more specialized when it comes to lease negotiations, hiring an attorney that spends a substantial amount of his or her practice uh, negotiating leases. I, I can't tell you how many times I get on the, on the phone to negotiate a deal against an attorney who uh, isn't necessarily a real estate attorney, and I spend a lot of my clients' money, unfortunately, teaching the other attorney how to negotiate a lease. 
which isn't what anybody wants. And no, it's not. And we've had some frustration as well with uh, some of our clients engaging, not engaging an attorney for a lease or engaging an attorney who's not specializing in real estate. And, you know, that, that's not a good move. Well, the other thing I, that I think is really unfair is when uh, when a client uh, in, expects their their broker to play the role of lawyer. I mean, no broker wants to be a lawyer and no lawyer wants to be a broker. It's important to have both of them in on the deal. Yes, that's true. And uh, what about uh, hiring a specialist uh, in the tenant rep business? I mean, should your Rick's uh, any tenant rep okay where, wherever they work, whether property type they, they work in? Well, if you're a, a physician and you're looking for office space, you should uh, look at that person's uh, past history and just see what his specialty is, see if he's been working with doctors and physicians and medical folks. If you're an office t- uh, client, um, look and see if this person's dealing with Class A and Class E, uh, Class A and Class B buildings. Uh, look at their uh, their past and their specialties and their certifications. Okay, so it's important that uh, the tenant rep specializes in the property type you're looking at, especially in the major markets around the country. All right, we're going to break for just a moment. When we get back, we'll look into some of the lease issues prevalent in this cycle. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show on Biz 1190. Always right on the money. Biz 1190, weather. It's going to be another chilly one out there. Temperatures still below average for this time of the year. But, hey, I guess we're paying the price for those 80s we saw just a couple of weeks ago. We'll see sunshine for this afternoon. High temperatures eventually in the mid-50s. We'll see northwest winds 10 to 20 miles per hour. Overnight lows will be in the upper 20s. A freeze is expected. Sunshine for your Sunday. Highs will be in the upper 50s. Monday warming back up into the upper 60s. I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Williams for Biz 1190. You might not think getting work done on your home or apartment would have any effect on the way your child grows up. Oh, I know my ABCs. Next time, won't you sing with me? But if it was built before 1978... Spell... Glacier. Glacier. Renovations can spread lead paint dust that can be harmful to kids. Ah. Glacier. That's why the EPA now requires that your contractor be lead safe certified. Could it be... In children six and under, Madison Davis. lead paint can cause everything from loss of IQ and motor skills to behavior issues and severe learning disabilities. Disabilities that may not show up for years. Deshaun Gaines. Don't let lead paint take away your child's future before it even begins. For a lead safe certified contractor in your area, visit www.epa.gov forward slash get lead safe or call 1-800-424-LED. You secure your home, you lock your car, but what do you do to protect your valuables at work? In times like these, crime can happen anywhere, at any time. Taking some simple preventive measures in your workplace can help cut down on theft, scams, and even physical assault. Keep your purse, wallet, and keys locked in a drawer or closet. Leaving your valuables unattended for even a few moments could create an opportunity for a thief. Visitors should be made to check in at your front desk, wear a name badge, and be escorted to their destination. Unidentified persons in your workplace should be reported immediately. Report faulty locks, broken windows, and burned out lights. Use caution when entering stairwells, restrooms, elevators, and parking garages. If you notice an employee acting irrationally, tell your employer. To learn more on how to keep your workplace safe, visit ncpc.org. That's ncpc.org. Crime prevention at work. It works. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. Are you a lender looking to sell foreclosed properties? Are you an investor looking to acquire foreclosed properties? Then this is for you. Hello, I'm Michael Bull, president and founder of Bull Realty Incorporated. Bull Realty is selling foreclosed properties across the nation and all around Atlanta. If you're a lender, there's never been a better source to sell foreclosed properties. I guarantee results. If you're an investor, there's never been a better time to act. Bull Realty is selling all types of commercial properties, apartment complexes, shopping centers, office properties, and land. Experience why 74 lenders and servicers utilize Bull Realty to sell commercial properties. And you're invited to call me personally. A specialized team designed to accomplish your mission is available now. Visit BullRealty.com and call 404-876-1640. That's BullRealty.com and call 404-876-1640. Bull Realty, proven commercial performance. 
The Commercial Real Estate Show is sponsored in part by Arnold Golden Gregory, Attorneys at Law. With 60 years of tradition in serving the real estate needs in Atlanta, our 130 attorneys share a simple philosophy. We don't just tell you if something is possible, we show you how to make it happen. This requires creative thinking, unique knowledge of the market, and a commitment to efficiency, qualities that our clients say make all the difference. The real estate practice of Arnold Golden Gregory understands the Atlanta market and has forged relationships with brokers, bankers, developers, and investors to support the legal needs of our clients. Whether acquiring a small retail center or negotiating a complex joint venture for a new downtown development, companies turn to Arnold Golden Gregory for their real estate needs. For information on Arnold Golden Gregory and how we can help you, visit us online at agg.com. That's agg.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today's topic is Top Strategies for Commercial Tenants. Remember, this show is a resource for you for both information and for access to industry experts. You can check out the full bios of everyone on this show, including contact information, at the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. You can also listen to past show podcasts now on iTunes or at the show website. We're in the studio today with Brian Smith, a real estate lawyer with Arnold Golden Gregory, Rick Ferguson, an office tenant rep with Corporate Office Services at Bull Realty, and Todd Cohen, a construction project consultant with CKW. All right, gentlemen, let's look at uh, uh, the power of selection. If a company is looking for space, uh, is it important for them to look around and and have a a good selection, Rick? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Michael, if you're working with a specialist, if if a client is working with a tenant rep specialist who knows the market, um, that tenant rep specialist will will do a comprehensive search. They will look at all brand-new space, first-generation space. They'll look at second- and third-generation space that just requires – uh, improvement may look at subleases. He may look at also the purchase. It may be an opportunity in this cycle to look at purchasing, um, you know, his own facility. Okay, excellent. And maybe also uh, what build a suit as well. And and uh, we'll get some more into some uh, purchase options. Um, and then w- let's talk about financial analysis. Uh, what should companies do when they're looking at different size spaces and, and different areas? You know, h- how should they look at that, Rick? Well, you know. Again, in this cycle, the bottom line is critical. Occupancy costs have to be kept as low as possible. Um, in my situation, I'm fortunate I have uh, very sophisticated software where I can plug in the rates per square foot, the concessions that are offered by by the various landlords. Uh, I can plug in the cost of parking, whether it's uh, you know so much a month or if it's free, the terms. Uh, there's increases in rent. There's operating expense percentages that go up and down. I can put all these components into sophisticated software and come out with a net present value, which, quite frankly, CFOs are demanding these days. So if I'm a numbers guy, I can look right at the numbers. Absolutely. And, and Todd, what about on the uh, construction and improvement side for tenants? When analyzing different properties, it's uh, ultimately important to look at the cost of construction, whether or not the landlord's going to pay for the entire cost or does the tenant have to come out of pocket, and that's going to be part of your net present value analysis. And also, yeah, I guess that helps you when you're comparing space as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, let's talk about competitive advantages when you're talking about your competitors and what kind of rents are you paying there. Uh, Rick, what does a tenant rep do in, the, in that regard? Well, you know, it is an obligation of a tenant rep to be able to, to help uh, his client know, uh, quite frankly, what some of his competitors are paying. There's what we call a rent-to-revenue ratio. And you want to make sure you're competitive. If you're in a Class A office space paying $23 a square foot and your arch rival is in a flex space across town and he's paying uh, $12 a square foot, clearly he has uh, one component of his business that is um, uh, more favorable. Uh, his markup may have to be less to compete for some business. So if I'm a tenant and I come to you, you can tell me uh, basically what my competitors in my industry are paying on their rent-to-revenue ratios. That's correct. And we can show that not only for the for the city, but the region and national, if he has national competition. Okay, that's excellent. Well, let's talk about timing. When a tenant is looking at a renewal or a new uh, a new property, uh, what kind of timing do they need to, to look at? When should they get started? Well, deals and opportunities are taking longer these days. Uh, we used to say a, a minimum of, of one year. I'm saying at least 18 months. We need to be sitting down talking about it. 
you know, time can be your friend. It can give you the competitive advantage. If you delay it, you start swinging the pendulum swings and gives the ownership of the landlords the advantage because you're squeezed to make a decision. Well, that's important. I think I've seen uh, that. That's a big mistake I've seen some companies make is they start uh, too late. And, you know, one thing that, uh, uh, you know, tenant reps can do for you is, is analyze your leases now and let you know when the timing is right to, to start looking around so you don't uh, miss the, the timing. Uh, especially if you consider that, you know, right now we have approximately 20% um, uh, vacancy in Class A office space in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Class B, we have about 16%. Uh, right now is an opportunity. Okay. Todd, what about the construction side? Is timing important? Timing is uh, is also critical. Uh, you need to leave four to five months for the design and construction piece. Actually, about 60% of that time is used for design and 40% for construction. But to get a well-built project on schedule and on time, it's critical to have the, the time needed. And, Brian, on the legal side, you guys just need an hour to review a lease, right? That's all you need. Uh, we can turn it <laughs> as quickly as you need every single time. <laughs> okay. And we're frequently asked to do so. <laughs> I bet you are. All right. Well, here's a, another big uh, concept and a big area, and we could talk for a month on this subject, but we want to touch on several items uh, quickly, and that's understanding uh, lease provisions. And uh, based on your current and future needs, uh, what are the important lease provisions uh, that could be important to your company down the road? And uh, let's talk about uh, a, a few of those. Um, uh, Brian, uh, what are some of the important ones you're seeing in this cycle? Well, the, the, on the tenant end, the, the, the lease is really designed to protect the tenant in the long run, but you also want to have some provisions that can bring the landlord back to the table if that ever becomes necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the retail context, I would I would say things like uh, kickout rights, where if a certain amount of gross sales are not achieved, the tenant has a right uh, to, to, to terminate the lease. And you know, that's not to say that the tenant's going to do that every single time, but at least it, gets, it gives the tenant the ability to bring the landlord back to the table to negotiate a deal. Um, you know, I, I was working last year on, on a deal where I represented the landlord, and the tenant was critical to the co-tenancy of the shopping center. It was it was a, a Victoria's Secret store, and uh, they were well, coming in. That is important. Though. That is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was 100000 bucks <laughs> under the gross sales threshold, and I had a very frank conversation with my landlord client about walking in and buying $100,000 worth of women's underwear to get them over their threshold <laughs> so they couldn't kick out. Now, that's not – we didn't end up doing that, and it would have been quite the scene, but it's a good example of how that tenant used its kickout right to leverage the landlord uh, as to come back to the table to renegotiate some more favorable rents. So you always want to be thinking of, of ways to get the landlord back to the table to renegotiate. Well, if you ever do that, call me. I want to get the press over there. (laughs) (laughs) What about uh, escrow agreements for tenants? Uh, Are some tenants asking and and getting uh, landlords to put up uh, commissions and TI and and, and escrow? And, Todd, are you seeing that on the construction side, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's important to know that the money is going to be there to pay the contractors. These days, uh, everyone's worried about the contractors being able to finish the job and subcontractors being able to finish. Well, on the flip side, the contractors are worried about can the landlord pay them. And so it's important to show that the funds are there and the uh, contractor can be paid and the project can be finished on time. And, Brian, what if uh, you don't get an escrow agreement, your, your tenant's not strong enough to do that? Are there some other alternatives that a tenant can think about? Sure, absolutely. Tenants are, are, are as doubtful of their landlords as they've ever been. You know, when you sign a deal, it's not to say that when, when it comes time to move in or for the TIs to be paid that the landlord is not going to have been foreclosed upon or it's going to be an entirely different uh, entity that's supposed to pay you. So tenants are looking to uh, have as much assurance as they can that the money is going to be available. Uh, things like uh, letters of credit are being posted, escrow. Uh, are being set up so that the, the tenants will know that the TI is there to be reimbursed to them. Um, and uh, you know, tenants are, are very, very skeptical of their landlords, as they should be, which is why it's important to put an offset right into your lease, where if for some reason the landlord doesn't live up its obligations in paying you your tenant improvement allowance, you have the ability to offset what you're out of pocket until you've recouped all of that money by way of saved rent. Oh, that's key. So if the tenant doesn't, the landlord doesn't supply the money or doesn't pay the commission or maybe doesn't maintain the, the property well, the tenant may be able to take care of those costs and offset the rent. That That's great. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we get back, we'll explore an area where many businesses are having issue in the construction and build out of their space. I'm your host, Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show on Biz 1190, always right on the money. From the desk of Chief Meteorologist Aaron Williams, listen for Biz 1190 Weather. A few more clouds, a little bit more instability in the atmosphere for today. Reports. 
you can rely on. Rain or shine on the only station in Atlanta. That's always right on the money. Join Biz 1190 and Phil's gang weekday afternoons at 3 for eye-opening insight into the stock market. The kind of information that Wall Street doesn't want you to have. Phil's gang at 3 here on Biz 1190. Always right on the money. I am a face of influenza. I am a face of influenza. I am a face of influenza. I. I. I am a face of influenza. We all are faces of influenza. Hi, I'm Julie Bowen, and I am a face of influenza. Health officials now recommend everyone six months of age and older get immunized against influenza this and every year. Vaccination is safe and is the best way to help protect yourself and your family from contracting and spreading the flu. We all are faces of influenza. See your health care provider about getting immunized. The American Lung Association urges everyone six months of age and older, and we mean everyone, to get vaccinated. Visit facesofinfluenza.org. Influenza is serious. So are we. Get vaccinated. Hear that? That's the sound of safety and the sound of your family's belongings staying where they belong. In times like these, it's important to know how to protect your home, your family, and your valuables. A good strong lock on a solid door and frame can make a huge difference. Most burglars will spend no longer than a minute trying to break in. That's only as long as this radio announcement. Remember to lock your doors and windows. Even the best locks can't protect you unless you use them. Install bright outdoor lighting. If you have an alarm system, use it and post signs that say your home has an alarm. Trim bushes and trees so your house is clearly visible to your neighbors and your street. If you ever return home to find that someone has broken in, do not enter. Call the police immediately. To learn more on how to keep your home and family safe, visit ncpc.org. That's ncpc.org. Let's all work together to keep our homes safe and sound. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. Are you influential in your company's location decisions? Would you like to secure the right space at the best price and the most favorable terms? Then this is for you. Hello, my name is Michael Bull, president and founder of Bull Realty Incorporated. The location, costs, and terms associated with real estate can dramatically affect your company's bottom line. Bull Realty Corporate Services places the power of market knowledge and transaction experience on your side of the table. Office, medical, retail, or industrial, each corporate services team specializes in one property type. They know the properties, they know the owners, and they know the market. Experience why in this year alone, over 150 companies, including law firms and even real estate companies, have utilized Bull Realty Corporate Services to renew their leases and locate new facilities. You're invited to call me personally. A specialized team designed to accomplish your mission is available now. Visit bullrealty.com and call 404-876-1640. That's bullrealty.com, 404-876-1640. Bull Realty, proven commercial performance. The Commercial Real Estate Show is sponsored in part by Arnold Golden Gregory, Attorneys at Law. With 60 years of tradition in serving the real estate needs in Atlanta, our 130 attorneys share a simple philosophy. We don't just tell you if something is possible, we show you how to make it happen. This requires creative thinking, unique knowledge of the market, and a commitment to efficiency, qualities that our clients say make all the difference. The real estate practice of Arnold Golden Gregory understands the Atlanta market and has forged relationships with brokers, bankers, developers, and investors to support the legal needs of our clients. Whether acquiring a small retail center or negotiating a complex joint venture for a new downtown development, companies turn to Arnold Golden Gregory for their real estate needs. For information on Arnold Golden Gregory and how we can help you, visit us online at agg.com. That's agg.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today's show is Top Strategies for Commercial Tenants. Remember, you can receive updates of upcoming show topics and guests through Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Just sign up at the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. There will be some upcoming show topics you certainly will not want to miss. We're in the studio today with Brian Smith, Rick Ferguson, and Todd Cohen. 
And uh, let's touch uh, more on some lease provisions before we get into construction issues. Uh, talk to me, uh, Brian, about uh, remedies uh, in, in leases. Is that important for tenants to have a remedy already in the lease? Absolutely. If, if, if you're the tenant, you, you want to know what, what your recourse is against the landlord for the landlord's breach of the lease. A lot of provisions in the retail context, like exclusive uses, where you know, a landlord can't lease to another pizza place if you're a pizza operator, or a co-tenancy provision where if the, if the occupancy of the shopping center drops below 50%, then what? And, uh, you know, a lot of landlords don't want that, that remedy stipulated in the lease because it requires the tenant to drag the landlord into court, and then you have this long battle to determine what damages are. But if you're the tenant, you want, you want a definite answer as to what happens if. Uh, if the landlord breaches your exclusive, then you get to reduce your rents by 50%. If the shopping center occupancy falls below uh, 25%, then the, landlord, then the tenant gets to reduce its rents by 50%. You want that certainty in your lease because it clears so many things up from the outset that you don't have to go into court to resolve things. Yeah, if, you're, if your tenant has the, that kind of power to do that, that, that is excellent. And what about uh, sublease rights? Does that become important in this cycle? Uh, absolutely. Assignment and sublease has become uh, a, a topic of increasing importance. As, as, as tenants sign up leases, sure, they, they go into it optimistically, but they always want to know that you know, things, when, if things go wrong, that there's a way out. And, uh, and, and having favorable sublease and assignment rights negotiated into the lease is certainly a way out. You want to define who's an acceptable uh, assignee or sublessee and whether or not it will require the landlord's consent. And uh, if you can go a step further, if you have that sort of bargaining position, you can even try to negotiate an acceptable assignee or sublessee that would get the uh, original tenant off the hook for uh, liability for the remainder of the lease term. Don? Yeah, an- another part to look at, uh, we talked a little earlier about how does the contractor get paid and whether or not funds can be put in escrow. Uh, in the lease, it can be written in that the landlord pays the contractor directly. The work's being done on the landlord's property. Uh, the lien rates would be against the landlord's property, not the tenant. So as opposed to having the funds flow th- through the tenant and the tenant be responsible for being reimbursed, uh, another way to address the issue is just have the landlord pay the contractor directly. Well, in a lot of cases, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, let me ask you you guys about this. We were representing a subtenant looking at a sublease uh, recently, and we were concerned as, as their tenant rep that the tenant they were leasing from was not strong. We were concerned that our subtenant might lose their lease rights if the tenant they were renting from uh, defaulted. Uh, we went and asked the, uh, the master landlord if he recognized the tenant, and he said, no, I don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what what uh, what type of uh, agreement should should a subtenant look for if they can get it from the landlord there? I think all along when 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 a tenant is attempting to do a sublease, you got to do your best to keep the landlord in the loop. Uh, when I'm representing a landlord, I can't tell you how many times a tenant will come to us and say we've we've negotiated this agreement. Go ahead and sign off on it, landlord. The landlord wants to be a part of that process because it's essentially a new tenant for the landlord. The landlord wants to know who's there and that the the sub lessee also has. Uh, the ability to perform under the lease. Um, you know, as a sub lessee, there are also things that you need to be concerned about because, you know, yeah, the the rents are lower because you're you're taking some of the burden off the tenant, but there's a reason for that. It's because you're at the mercy of that tenant. So you need to give the base lease, that tenant's lease that you're also going to be subject to as a sub lessee, a good look to see. Uh, you know, what are there termination rights in that lease that might kick you out of space unexpectedly? So you're at the mercy of the base lease, and you better give it as good a look as you are going to give your sublease document with your sublease landlord. And if that uh, sub, if that tenant defaults and our subtenant has an issue then, what can he do uh, with the master landlord to protect himself there? Uh, you know, a lot of times the landlord will be looking to enter into a direct lease with that sub lessee, mm-hmm. but you're really out on the street, and that's why sublease rents are so much lower than, uh, than direct lease rents. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, uh, we've seen uh, some sublease tenants ask for a recognition agreement as well from from the landlord, and 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 hoping that uh, if, if the tenant he's leasing from defaults, that the landlord will honor his sublease. Uh, have you seen that happen in any cases? Uh, absolutely. Uh, it's almost you, you divide divide the lease in half essentially, where the, the sub lessee becomes uh, liable for its portion of the space, and, and the landlord takes back the, uh, the the balance of the space. You know, in some cases that would seem to make sense for the landlord as well, because he's still got his tenant on the, on the on the line, and he's also got another tenant on line for at least part of that rent. That's right. So in some cases it would seem to make sense for landlords to consider that, and I think more landlords are open to to looking at. Uh, creative situations these days, as are the banks. 
um, uh, and we'll talk about some uh, SNDA uh, requirements that you might ask the uh, bank for, and also construction items next. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show on Biz 1190, always right on the money. Biz 1190, weather. It's going to be another chilly one out there. Temperatures still below average for this time of the year. But, hey, I guess we're paying the price for those 80s we saw just a couple of weeks ago. We'll see sunshine for this afternoon. High temperatures eventually in the mid-50s. We'll see northwest winds 10 to 20 miles per hour. Overnight lows will be in the upper 20s. A freeze is expected. Sunshine for your Sunday. Highs will be in the upper 50s. Monday warming back up into the upper 60s. I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Williams for Biz 1190. Hey, this is Robert. And I'm Bob. We have the same shirt, same shoes, same haircut, same car, but not the same financial institution. I have my money in a bank where it's protected by the FDIC. And my money is in a credit union protected by NCUA. Of course, FDIC protects my money up to $250,000 per account. Hey, wait a minute. NCUA protects my credit union money up to $250,000 per account. And a new law makes this coverage limit permanent. Let me guess. For both. You got it. NCUA. FDIC. 250000 250000 Both backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. So they're virtually... Yep, identical. Use the e-calculator at NCUA.gov to make sure all of your money is NCUA safe. When I was in my 40s, I started scheduling a yearly mammogram. That turned out to be one of the best decisions I ever made. At 45, a mammogram helped detect my cancer. I'm a teacher, and I love to help people. That's why I share my story. No matter what you heard, breast cancer experts recommend women get annual mammograms started at age 40, even those without a family history. Three-quarters of women diagnosed in their 40s have no family history or other factors that make them high risk. Mammograms can catch cancer early when it's most treatable and help lower the breast cancer death rate by nearly a third. That's why you should continue mammograms yearly as long as you're in good health. Please talk to your doctor about a mammogram today. Mammography Saves Lives. One of them may be yours. Visit mammographysaveslives.org. Are you a lender looking to sell foreclosed properties? Are you an investor looking to acquire foreclosed properties? Then this is for you. Hello, I'm Michael Bull, president and founder of Bull Realty Incorporated. Bull Realty is selling foreclosed properties across the nation and all around Atlanta. If you're a lender, there's never been a better source to sell foreclosed properties. I guarantee results. If you're an investor, there's never been a better time to act. Bull Realty is selling all types of commercial properties, apartment complexes, shopping centers, office properties, and land. Experience why 74 lenders and servicers utilize Bull Realty to sell commercial properties. And you're invited to call me personally. A specialized team designed to accomplish your mission is available now. Visit BullRealty.com and call 404-876-1640. at BullRealty.com and call 404-876-1640. Bull Realty, proven commercial performance. The Commercial Real Estate Show is sponsored in part by Arnold Golden Gregory, Attorneys at Law. With 60 years of tradition in serving the real estate needs in Atlanta, our 130 attorneys share a simple philosophy. We don't just tell you if something is possible, we show you how to make it happen. This requires creative thinking, unique knowledge of the market, and a commitment to efficiency, qualities that our clients say make all the difference. The real estate practice of Arnold Golden Gregory understands the Atlanta market and has forged relationships with brokers, bankers, developers, and investors to support the legal needs of our clients. Whether acquiring a small retail center or negotiating a complex joint venture for a new downtown development, companies turn to Arnold Golden Gregory for their real estate needs. For information on Arnold Golden Gregory and how we can help you, visit us online at agg.com. That's agg.com. Welcome back. 
I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. This week's topic is Top Strategies for Commercial Tenants. If you appreciate the show and the information, uh, spread the word. Uh, when possible, patronize or refer the show's contributors. The contact information for all the Commercial Real Estate Show contributors is available at the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. All right, we're in the studio today with Brian Smith, Rick Ferguson, and Todd Cohen. Uh, let me ask you guys this. if, if with, and We've got some foreclosure issues on some commercial properties today, uh, especially if a tenant is having to do his own build-out or has a significant investment uh, in the space. Uh, what can he do to protect his uh, uh, lease in case of uh, upcoming foreclosure? Well, one, one of the things that, that's coming up more and more frequently these days as, as foreclosures are on the rise is tenants demanding from their landlords at, at lease inception what's called an SNDA, which stands for a Subordination Non-Disturbance and Atonement Agreement. Just fancy lawyers speak. That's how we make our money. But uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's important to demand that, and you're not always going to get it. I mean, to be realistic, a 1,000-square-foot office tenant where the landlord's doing all of the build-out is not going to get an SNDA. <laughs> Basically, if, if, if property is foreclosed upon, the foreclosing lender can oftentimes terminate your lease. Now, that's a big concern if you need continuity in terms of your location, but even more of a concern if you're putting up a multi-million dollar uh, build-out, you don't want to lose that investment. So right. it's a, basically an agreement between the tenant and the lender where it, 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 contra- it, it creates a contractual relationship where the lender pre-agrees with the tenant that if the lender forecloses that it will not terminate the tenant's lease and kick them out of the space. Excellent. Well, let's look at another issue that's important to tenants uh, these days, and that's regarding construction. You know, most uh, tenants are going to involve a small amount of construction or maybe a huge amount of construction uh, in their space. And uh, let's uh, see, Todd Cohen, tell me, uh, what is a project consultant, and what is the difference between a project consultant and a um, construction management? Well, a project consultant is going to look at all aspects of uh, the project for the for the tenant. They're going to look at life cycle cost analysis, maintenance cost, uh, payback periods, and future business goals. But really, construction managers in their traditional sense is really worried about, let me just get this built in time and on budget without looking at the business goals of, of the firm that uh, he's representing. So that's where the project consultant adds more value to the project. So in our uh, for the lawyers and brokers and uh, listening, uh, the project consultant represents the tenant in, in that case. Yeah, absolutely. They represent the tenant. They come in early. Really, when the when the tenant is down to maybe looking at their favorite two or three locations, is the right time to bring the project consultant on because they're going to start looking at that project cost and how that affects the decision making between the different sites that they may choose. Let's see. And uh, let me ask you this. Some landlords offer turnkey space with all the construction handled by the landlord. How might that reduce the value of a deal for a tenant? Well, really what happens there is it's it's hidden. The cost is hidden from the tenant. They really don't know the true value that they're getting at the build-out. They may uh, – I've seen cases where a landlord has a very descriptive uh, – uh, idea of what's going to be in the space. They tell them exactly what they're going to get, and that's that's what they're going to get. Anything over that, the tenant has to pay for. We've seen situations where they're poorly managed uh, on that side, on the turnkey, and we're able to get more value out of it. We've had clients that have gotten 25 to 30% more into their space by getting an allowance versus going with a turnkey that the landlord was providing. I see. Now, let me ask you some uh, this. What about what's the difference between a competitive bid and a negotiated contract when it comes to build-out? Well, really, the best way to get the most value out of the project is being able to competitively bid the construction costs. In order to do that, you have to design it. And earlier I would mentioned 60% of the time is design, 40% of the time is construction, and that's really true where you need to completely design the space and then put it out to bid. There are circumstances where it's just too complicated of a of a project and it's got to be negotiated with a contractor earlier. That should really be left up to the project consultant to make that decision how to get the best value for the client. I see. Well, let's talk about TI dollars, tenant improvement dollars. What might be included in uh, TI imp- improvements uh, supplied by a landlord? Well, and may not. <laughs> yeah, interesting. That's that's changing. Um, you know, for landlords to attract clients these days, they're really changing what a tenant improvement dollar can be used for. It used to be just pure design and construction. Nowadays, uh, the low voltage wiring, cabling, telephone systems, moving costs, furniture, really everything can be thrown in. A lot of the sophisticated landlords are separating. They're giving a certain amount that can go towards moving costs and a certain amount towards the construction costs. And, and again, that's where a project consultant can come in and make sure that that split of the tenant improvement dollars is the correct split so that the tenant doesn't have to come out of pocket any money. 
Well, we've seen some landlords uh, that have said that we're going to go ugly early, <laughs> provide nice, good TI and great value, and they're attracting all the tenants in, in the market in some of these cities. Well, uh, let me ask you this. What are the pros and cons of uh, LEED certified versus going green? Well, LEED certified, that's the that's the hot topic these days is, is LEED certified. And the real con to LEED certified is there's a cost associated with it. And sometimes that the cost and the LEED certification really doesn't go along with the business strategies and goals of the company. Uh, really just going green and reducing their maintenance costs, reducing their uh, effective costs of the of the space is just more important than actually having that certification. So LEED certified may be a lot more money, and going green may be doing some of the same items. but but Exactly. It's doing the same items, saving money, and being conscientious and uh, having sustainability without spending a lot of extra money on it. So they may be able to save money uh, while going green because of the reduced operating expenses. Exactly. Okay, well, good. Well, uh, we appreciate that. And after, we're going to have a short break, and after the break, we'll cover more tenant strategies. Uh, we'll go into uh, some more items that are important in this cycle. Uh, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show on Biz 1190, always right on the money. Hey, this is Robert. And I'm Bob. We have the same shirt. Same shoes, same haircut, same car, but not the same financial institution. I have my money in a bank where it's protected by the FDIC. And my money is in a credit union protected by NCUA. Of course, FDIC protects my money up to $250,000 per account. Hey, wait a minute. NCUA protects my credit union money up to $250,000 per account. And a new law makes this coverage limit permanent. Let me guess. For both. You got it. NCUA. FDIC. Two hundred fifty thousand. Two hundred fifty thousand. Both backed by the full faith and credit of the US government. So they're virtually Yep, identical. Use the e calculator at NCUA.gov to make sure all of your money is NCUA safe. Are you influential in your company's location decisions? Would you like to secure the right space at the best price in the most favorable terms? Then this is for you. Hello, my name is Michael Bull, president and founder of Bull Realty Incorporated. The location, cost, and terms associated with real estate can dramatically affect your company's bottom line. Bull Realty Corporate Services places the power of market knowledge and transaction experience on your side of the table. Office, medical, retail, or industrial, each corporate services team specializes in one property type. They know the properties, they know the owners, and they know the market. Experience why in this year alone, over 150 companies, including law firms and even real estate companies, have utilized Bull Realty Corporate Services to renew their leases and locate new facilities. You're invited to call me personally. A specialized team designed to accomplish your mission is available now. Visit bullrealty.com and call 404-876-1640. That's bullrealty.com, 404-876-1640. Bull Realty, proven commercial performance. The Commercial Real Estate Show is sponsored in part by Arnold Golden Gregory, Attorneys at Law. With 60 years of tradition in serving the real estate needs in Atlanta, our 130 attorneys share a simple philosophy. We don't just tell you if something is possible, we show you how to make it happen. This requires creative thinking, unique knowledge of the market, and a commitment to efficiency. Qualities that our clients say make all the difference. The real estate practice of Arnold Golden Gregory understands the Atlanta market and has forged relationships with brokers, bankers, developers, and investors to support the legal needs of our clients. Whether acquiring a small retail center or negotiating a complex joint venture for a new downtown development, companies turn to Arnold Golden Gregory for their real estate needs. For information on Arnold Golden Gregory and how we can help you, visit us online at agg.com. That's agg.com. From Wall Street to Peachtree, this is Biz 1190. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today, the show is about top tenant strategies. We're in the studio with Brian Smith, Rick Ferguson, and Todd Cohen. Uh, gentlemen, today, uh, a lot of tenants are having some issue with mold and air quality. Uh, Todd, what, what should tenants do in that regard? Well, that's really where the team of experts come into play and make mm -hmm. sure that they, they have a team of experts to uh, 
handle any issues that may come up related to mold and that it's looked for. And uh, really, this is where Brian comes in to make sure that in that lease, the language is there to, to make sure that the landlord is taking care of a problem if it does exist. It, it's it's that, that's absolutely correct. It's it's obvious that 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 hazmats have become uh, more of an issue. When I look at leases that were done 20 years ago, the section the hazmat section was about five lines long. Now it can be as many as three or four pages. Uh, it, it's obvious that lawyers have had their hands all over this issue. And so you know, when you're a tenant, your main concern is that uh, you want you want the landlord to give you a clean space. And so that can be as simple as uh, making having the landlord make a representation that when the landlord landlord turns over possession of the space, there aren't going to be any hazmats in there. And if there are, the landlord will clean it up and will indemnify the tenant for any damages. And maybe some set-offs again, right? <laughs> set-off right. rights. And, Rick, uh, what should tenants do if they're looking at second-generation or sublease space? Well, uh, it's very timely. Uh, I'm right now in the middle of a uh, an assignment where this has come up. Uh, the first thing you need to do, especially in a second, third-generation space, is you need to keep your eyes open. You, you, when you're doing a tour, doing a site visit, look. Look for water stain damage, you know, on sheetrock and carpeting. Uh, Michael, do you remember the the Class A uh, high-rise office building that, that you leased, that every time it rained you had to put heaters uh, by the window? Do you remember that? <laughs> we moved out of that building. We moved out of that space. That's absolutely <laughs> correct. Um, in this particular situation that I'm working on right now, the employer uh, or the tenant who's an employer is very concerned about his tenants, or, or I'm sorry, very concerned about his employees and possible uh, legal uh, issues that could come up. Ironically, the owner does not want to have an air quality test on his property. The owner is afraid of a hazmat report in his file. So this tenant is going to go someplace else. Well, the tenant should have to do it in his own or go someplace else. Well, let's look at another issue that's uh, uh, clearly on the minds of of company owners and small to mid-sized companies these days. Uh, it's a credible time for companies to consider buying instead of leasing. Uh, first of all, what are the benefits of leasing? Why are so many uh, companies traditionally leasing space rather than buying to start off that discussion, Rick? Well, uh, it's very easy to lease from a cash flow point of view. Um, uh, basically, you can go out and, and look, and uh, many times your first uh, several months um, uh, rent is uh, free. It's abated. You've had a space that's customized uh, for you. So it's very easy to do, and you can take those dollars and put them into your business. And what about flexibility? Uh, a lot of flexibility. Uh, you know, you lease for three to five years and your business grows. You leave that space and go to a larger space or maybe uh, stay there and just expand. Or you, if your business changes and you need another location, you pack up and go across town. And I guess if you believe that your business gets a better return investing cash into their business rather than in the real estate, then uh, you'll go to the lease route, right? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, let's look at the benefits of buying over leasing. Uh, what are some of the benefits there, Rick, that companies are seeing uh, when they buy property? Well, one of the, the big benefits, obviously, is uh, you build equity. Your your dollars that you're spending are going into the acquisition and purchasing of an asset. Uh, many owners, uh, when retirement years come, they look, they look and they say, oh, my goodness, I've got a million dollars worth of equity here. It's a surprise, and, and quite frankly, a lot of these folks – were forced uh, maybe due to a bad tenant-landlord relationship to buy. They wanted to have control, control of their space, so they bought and they had a pleasant surprise 15, 20 years later. All right, so so the business buying gets the principal reduction on their loan. They get the appreciation, appreciation of the asset. And then today the interest rates and uh, lenders love users right now, don't they? Absolutely. Uh, the the user, um, owner, the, the occupied person is the preferred borrower. Excellent. And I guess some possible changes to the accounting standards that, that will cause companies to have to put leases on their balance sheet as a liability could be another issue. And, of course, there's there's a lot more choices for companies now. The prices are down. Uh, lenders love you. There's a lot more locations. And oftentimes for a company, the location is more important than investing in the real estate. You know, they want to be at the right spot. Absolutely. Just think of an insurance agent. He can have a, a, a very busy corner with his name on that corner with all the traffic going by. If he's stuck in a high-rise, no one gets to see his uh, his, his office. Well, on a future show, we'll talk more about site selection and things. I'd like to talk, thank our panel members today, Brian Smith, Rick Ferguson, Todd Cohen. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Michael. Remember, the Commercial Real Estate Show is your source for information, industry experts. Check the site for all the contact information. Please join us next Saturday at 10. Until next week, be sure that you lead, learn, and laugh. And join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show on Biz 1190, always right on the money.